so this is Stephanie Ritz, my special guest of the Tony Time Daily Show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Today we're going to be talking about keeping a success story, overcoming hurdles, and how you maintain being success story. So the floor is yours. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, That's a big question, being successful, right? And I think what's most important in understanding of being a success story is what success means to you. I think everybody has a different definition, and we shouldn't necessarily compare our successes to other people's. So I've had a lot of different successes in my life, and some were small and some were big, but they were all important and meaningful. So I think when we talk about success stories, it's important to understand what success truly means to you and not to anyone else. So for me personally, um, I had I had a little baby very young in my life, and I raised him as a single mom. And I had many different careers and I've had a lot of success in those while also raising my family. And uh, it's been incredible. I was in, in sales, in banking, in staffing, and, and I moved up into leadership roles in all of those categories despite you know being a single mom and not having a lot of resources and support available. And I think, again, it's really important to understand what success means for for everybody as they're going through their life. So for me, taking my son to Disney World was a success. (laughs) I didn't have to be, um, you know, a, a, a CEO or a VP, you know, those things came as I rose in my career. But The small successes for me were some of the most significant, buying a house, um, taking my son to Disney World, having time with him to go on field trips. So, you know, there's been a lot of different um, opportunities for success in every day. I try to find what really makes me feel happy in what I've been able to accomplish. I think that is awesome. The fact that you're able to buy a home during this time. The fact that you know it's like to be a woman leader and to take have that times of amusement with your child at the you know Disney World. I think that puts a smile on my face. Now that you're, I sense you to have well-roundedness in your living. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think, like I said, there's a lot of different ways that you can feel like a success story and it doesn't always have to be about title or money. It can really be about the life that you create for yourself and feeling happy every day with what you have. Yes. And, and when you talk about being a single mom, there's a societal stigma that your single mom day. You, you get shamed and you get demeaned, but you've proven that that doesn't mean that I can't be a good mother. That doesn't mean I can't be a good woman. That doesn't mean that I can't have an enjoyable life. Yes, that's right. Um, 
you're right. There is a lot of stigma around that. And there were many days where I had to work and not be home with my son, but the time that we had together was that much more special and meaningful. Um, I think that there's, uh, you know, a lot of people who are perhaps stay at home parents that don't always have the opportunity to realize how precious the time actually is and spend it with intent. So yeah, I, I don't think there's any shame in being a working mom or a stay at home mom. You know, everybody chooses their path and does it their own way and you can be successful and fulfilled with whichever way you choose. All right. Like what has been, um, the high points of your life from your standpoint? Yes. So the number one high point for me was graduating college. Um, I had my son very early and. Oh, sorry. Um, life is happening. <laughs> they, they got the phone. So go ahead. I'm so sorry. That's okay. In interviews, life happens. <laughs> yeah, graduating college for me. Um, I had my son when I was 19 years old, and I wasn't, you know, there was a lot of people who doubted that I would be able to complete college um, as, as, a, as a mom, as a single mom. And so when I got to walk across that stage with my, you know, four-year-old son in hand, it was amazing. That was one of the highlights of my life for sure. Hmm. I, could, I, I, could, I could see that. Because any moment at a mom visit a child and y'all could have a historical um, milestone, right? Then that does mean that when you get to make history with your kids. Um, yes. It's just this, I think that's a, a parent's biggest dream is making positive history with their kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got, I've had a really amazing opportunity to, to be his mom um, and to help show him what it, it looks like to have a strong woman in your life. Though so through all the challenges of being a single mom, you know, I, it was amazing opportunity for my son to see what a strong, powerful woman looks like and um, that women can do anything. And so can he. Um, so it's not only just, you know, an opportunity for, for learning, but, you know, to really see that whatever you are determined to do, if you put your whole heart and soul into it, you can accomplish anything. Yes. I, 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 when I think of, at time the parents lose with their child, the the biggest moments are also like graduation, the graduation party, the birthday, the birthday party, Thanksgiving, the Christmas times and the gifts, especially when they wake up at midnight to go, Mommy, <laughs> my gift and you know, the festivities of the wonderfulness that 
being a child or having, especially pertains to something remarkable happening in your child's life. And, and congratulations to you and him. That is really awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, a lot of beautiful moments through the years. And now he's a grown up. He's he's 20 years old. And now I get to watch him figure out how to be an adult. <laughs> and what is that like for you to help him adjust to adulthood? You know, I've I've worked really hard to show him the example of what it's like to to be an independent person, but now it's really up to him, um, which is hard for me sometimes to let go and allow him to just figure it out. But part of growing up and, and learning to be an independent adult is making mistakes, learning lessons, seeing what you enjoy. So I really have taken a step back to let him kind of figure that out. And I'm here for him with any questions or help that he needs along the way. Um, but this is definitely a different part of, of being a mom is, is letting go and letting him, you know, learn all of the lessons that now he needs to see and figure out on his own. I'm hearing about the, you're gently guiding him but you're also allowing him to be his own uniqueness? Yes, absolutely. Hmm. And do you, I know those maternal instincts of wanting to step in every time. How do you um, handle those instincts with the whole, but I can't always... <laughs> <laughs> That is hard. That is definitely the hardest part about having a child who has grown is, is taking a step back because for, you know, 18, 19 years, all of his decisions, I was a part of those. Um, and he, he gives me the gentle reminders to, to say, you know what, mom, let me figure it out. Let me, let me just make the mistakes or do things and accomplish them on my own. Um, so it, it is hard because I want to be there with him to support him. But I think it's really important that I give him the space to figure out how to be his own man. So that's what I've been trying to do. I think that that has also uh, truly, the way he asserted himself, there was still a respect mutually and I'm glad you say gentle reminder because the love is still intact between you and him and I and I and I and I do know that that is it can be painful to not make decisions for somebody anymore especially when they were born into the world and their kids you say to make decisions for them now a parent is going through their own adjustment too. So to have two people adjust, parent and child, I think that's quite um, delicate. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> it was harder than I thought it would be. Um, I think, you know, there's this idea of, okay, you spend your 18 years raising your kid and then it's like, whoo, okay, I'm done. They can go figure it out. But the attachment that you feel in your heart to wanting to still help them and do things for them is, is hard to let go of, but also really important to do. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting time in, in his life. Um, but it's also exciting. Ah, so what, what has been the low points of your life? You know, I think there's always points where things don't work out the way that you expect them to, um, or things maybe take longer than you hope that they will. But I think without those low points and those hard times, it can be difficult to really understand the lessons and then grow from that. So, you know, obviously I wasn't expecting to have uh, my child as young as I did. And that was really hard, but without having had that opportunity, I might not be the strong female leader that I am today. Um, you know, there's been job changes that were unexpected over the years, and that always led me to something more, something more incredible, a new learning opportunity. So I don't necessarily consider them low points, um, just opportunities to reflect on different times in my life that I had to learn, learn a new lesson or experience something new. Okay. What, what I call like a positive um, outlook on what happens because the language use, you see it as more of growth opportunity and not necessarily um, sad moments, correct? That's, that's right. They were sad in the moment, but in reflecting back on those moments, every moment counts towards bringing you to where you are now. And, you know, it's a great opportunity, like I said, to, to learn the lessons and reflect back and, and honor how you felt at that time. Um, cause life can deal you some difficult cards. Um, but what we take from them and how we choose to move forward is more, is even more important. Hmm. And where did, were you always the kind of person that had a positive outlook or were you taught it? How did you arrive at these amazing conclusions? <laughs> No, I definitely wasn't always this person, especially when you're going through tough times. It can feel really difficult in the moment to have a positive outlook. But I think just, you know, in being a mom and teaching my son and realizing that he's watching me, you know, he's looking to see the kind of person that I am. And just, I think being older and having some maturity and opportunity for reflection, you know, has really helped develop my, my outlook on life and, and how I see the world now. Hmm. Wow. Wow. I like that you're able to have the humility to acknowledge the people that have helped you with the perspectives that you have now. 
I also was thinking about the power of gratitude. I'm hearing that you're a person of appreciation. Yes, I, I incorporate gratitude every day. And this is something that I've been doing for about the last year or so. Um, every morning I, I write in my journal something that I'm grateful for that hasn't happened yet that I'm, that I'm hoping to bring into my life by putting that positivity out into the universe. And at the end of every day, I journal again for the things that I'm grateful for that happened in that day. And they can be small things, you know, I can just be grateful to be in my warm bed. I could be grateful from a phone call uh, from a loved one um, or just being able to go take a walk in beautiful weather. So I really try and find at least three things that I was really grateful for in my day. And it really helps me keep my mindset positive um, and looking at the positive sides of life. Wow, because many people um, feel that they have nothing to be grateful for, but you have proven that the simple things, the simple living things, are the very things to be grateful for. Just being able to wake up, just so you can um, be a light to another person, and another opportunity to be a light to yourself. I mean, the basics of being um, thankful, many people have not yet um, appreciated that. I'm glad you have. <laughs> Thank you. And now what have been the challenges of woman leadership for you because I know that there's still a bias that our patriarchal society has yeah that's that is a big question um I absolutely agree um as of right now only eight percent of fortune 500 companies are led by women so it, it's, it's obvious that um, we have a long way to go to balancing out um, women in leadership. And it's something that's very close to my heart. Um, you know, women tend to be the caretakers of their families still and, and kind of go back into those traditional gender roles of, you know, if someone needs to be taken care of at home, it's the woman who stays at home and that can affect her career. Um, time off for maternity leave, bias against women who are childbearing years because employers fear of having to lose them um, when they have children or spending money for them to take time off um, after they have their children and not wanting to necessarily um, play like a man um, in, in the corporate world. And those are all challenges that women face. And I've taken them on one step at a time. Um, I think it's really important to have those conversations and, um, you know, out in the world and within our own organizations, point things out when there are discrepancies. 
And I think more people are becoming aware of the importance of diversity in leadership teams, but we still have a really long way to go. So um, yes, I'm an advocate for women in, in business and leadership, rising into leadership roles and working through the challenges that are unique to each situation to help more women rise in their career. Wow. Um, uh, I see advocates of women helping women, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, women helping women, but also men helping women because men are the ones that are still holding these positions. So without the allyship of men to help women rise as well, um, we'll continue to have those low statistic numbers of women in leadership. Mm. So that, I, I, I think that is the major part of the elevation of women is for men to stand up against misogyny when it comes to other men because um, it makes it easier for women not to have misogyny amongst themselves. I think if we had a gender equality society, I think we're moving towards it. It'll take time. It'll, there'll be more women in leadership. Now, nowadays, you hear the first woman to lead this department or that department or this entity or that entity. So over time, more and more people will be at ease with a person leading things who happens to be a woman. And so that reminds me, what has been the joyful parts of woman leadership for you? Wow, yeah. I mean, I, I have loved all of the leadership roles that I have served because once you get to that level, you can really impact change in a meaningful way. And, you know, that has looked a little bit different in each of the companies that I have worked for. But what I've most enjoyed is really working with other women to help them elevate in their career. So that mentorship um, is something that has really been close to my heart personally in all of the leadership roles that I have held. You know, when you can reach down your hand to pull somebody else up, that's, that's the impact that I really have enjoyed the most out of my leadership roles. I, I'm hearing a person that has a, a, a loving disposition <laughs> because you infuse that in how you lead. You're helping up. You're you're teaching future leaders how to be leaders. Yes, thank you, thank you for that, Antonio. That's sweet of you to say. Um, and yes, something that is really important for me is to not just um, you know help other women rise, but teach them how to help the next generation below them to rise as well. Wow. And the reason, I think, do you want to tell the story of how we met or I could tell it? I think the audience <laughs> really knows. 
<laughs> Why don't you tell it? I would love to hear your your version of the story. Okay. I so we met on Clubhouse app. It's an app for people who want to network and connect. There's, you can join rooms, rooms in progress, you get that schedule, you get the red notification of activities, and you see somebody's inviting you into rooms. So we were just in the staff and I were in rooms, and we would share stories, and we DM'd each other because there are many similarities we have. And I decided to have her on the show because her perspectives were that enlightening, and I love enlightenment on my on my show. And the rest is history. What would be your version of the story? Pretty much the same. Yes, I was hosting the clubhouse room, as you mentioned, and you you came up and you shared your story. And it really just touched me um, hearing where, you know, where you've come from and how far you've come. And it was so inspirational. And then you told me about your podcast. And I was so happy that you invited me on to, to talk with you here today. It was so um, lovely connecting with you um, on the Instagram stories. And I'm so glad that we are here today having this conversation. So thank you again for inviting me on your show. You're welcome. And now that I, I mean, oh, thank you. I forgot to ask you, where are you from? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, just outside of Philadelphia. Oh, have you been there all your life? I have, yes. I've always been in Pennsylvania, um, grew up here, went to school here for college and everything. So, yeah, I'm, I love it here. Wow. So you're a proud Pennsylvanian. <laughs> I am, yes. And what was like what has life in Pennsylvania been like for you? Well, when you grow up in Philadelphia, um, you are automatically associated with a few things: Philadelphia sports teams and cheesesteaks. <laughs> So I grew up uh, very much as a as a sports fan, um, and absolutely as well for for the cheesesteaks. <laughs> yeah, I I love cheesesteaks. They would sell them in DC where I live. I go, wow. Then I went to Philadelphia one time. I said. Wow, the Philly cheesesteaks up here are better ones in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a true Philadelphia cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I had were false then. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next time you travel uh, down to Philadelphia, be sure to get a true cheesesteak and you'll see the difference. <laughs> And uh, what was your family life like in Pennsylvania? Well, I grew up with my mom. Um, I have a, a sister as well. And uh, for most of the time, it was the three of us. And 
Um, when you live in a city or you live in DC, so I'm sure it's very similar how it's, you know, very much like a, it's a, when you live in a city, it's public transportation. And then, you know, when you go into the center city, there's so much activities and museums and festivals and unique shops. Um, so it's, it's really neat to live, you know, near, near a big city like that and um, be able to get everywhere by just walking around. You don't need to drive everywhere to get to, to the places you want to be. Um, so it was definitely um, a, a fun and uh, unique experience uh, living, living in the city with my mom and my sister. Wow. And I take it that you had a, a an adorable family unit. <laughs> yes. Um, my sister and I are, are very close. Um, and my mom now too. Um, you know, I think the older we get, it's it's, you know, those those family bonds are a little more important. Um maybe more so than when we're growing up. I don't think you truly appreciate sometimes um, the people in your life until you get a little bit older. Um, and that was definitely the case for me as well. My sister is, is my best friend. Um, and, you know, I, I love, you know, talking with her and spending time with her and, and her family. Um, so yeah, it's really special. Yes, yes, relationships alter as we're um, experiencing uh, our own developing. And so what were your friendships like in Pennsylvania? I think that they're pretty much the same as, as most people, you know, <laughs> you have your circle of friends that, you know, you might be very close with, um, you know, a lot of different acquaintances. It was a very big city. So a lot of opportunity to meet a lot of different people. Um, but I've always had a very small circle of really, really close friends. Um, and that has kind of sustained through my adulthood. Um, you know, I've got, I've met a lot of people over the years. I have a lot of great connections with people, um, but about a handful of people that are very, very, very close to me. Um, and I really, uh, you know, appreciate those friendships. I have lifelong friendships. I do have a friend in this world. Mm, that is quite a gift. So what are your hobbies like? Oh my goodness. I haven't had a lot of time for hobbies over the years, but I'll tell you one thing I do every day is dance. I dance when I'm making my breakfast. I dance when I'm making my dinner. I dance when I'm feeling a little funky and I feel like I need to shake it out a little bit. Um, so I love to dance. <laughs> it just brings you so much joy, right? Yes. Yes. There are times where I put on my um, headphones, my small ones, go on YouTube, and my cell phone, and jam to oldies in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wow. Um, 
What makes Stephanie happy? Oh, you know, so many things. I really try and find happiness in so many things. You know, my son, whenever I talk with him, makes me happy. Uh, Being with my friends and family, getting to meet amazing people like you uh, just unexpectedly. There's so many things that make me happy. Um, So I really try and find the joy and happiness in every day. And um, thank you for the prestigious compliment you just uh, gave me. I really appreciate your amazing person um, as yourself. I'm really glad we connected. One last question for this interview. If you're doing well, um, what makes Stephanie sad? Hmm. What makes me sad is seeing injustice or discrimination. That makes me sad. Um, There's not a whole lot of things that really get me fired up uh, to feel really sad. But when I see um, injustice or or any kind of discrimination, that that really hurts my heart. that's the only thing I can really think of that really has, has impact for me. Wow. So we share the same sense of sadness and happiness. We're in sync in that. In those <laughs> <laughs> that does not surprise me at all, Antonio. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you again so much for having me on your show. This has been really great. I've really enjoyed talking with you and uh, I look forward to, to staying connected. You as well. And I always ask these questions before I go. Um, did you feel safe the whole interview? I did. You were a wonderful host and I enjoyed all of your questions. And lastly, did you feel respected the whole time? A hundred percent. You gave lovely space for me to answer all of my questions and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, this is a woman-friendly podcast. So, um, I'm glad I was able to be, you know, Kind to you on air than I'm off air. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing hearing it officially on your podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. And you can uh, freely share this with people of your choosing. Um, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Take care. Thank you.